Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining me this evening. Uh, Barry's uh, not with us. He's got something else on, but um, it's just really good to be with our worldwide um, family once again. Um, and as ever, big thank you for joining. Uh, really, really appreciate your company. Um, this is the last webcast of 2023. Um, we'll be taking a break over the Christmas and New Year season. And um, I'll be back on the 17th of January. Um, Barry's also away in January, he's in Finland. Um, and so for the first couple of sessions in January, it'll be just be me maybe with a guest. And then Barry will be back at the end of the month. Um, but a break, a bit of quite a long break, um, but back again, um, same time, same place, um, 17th of January next year. Amazing, isn't it? 2023 is, is almost almost done. Um, but thank you, you know, for your support over the year, your encouragement. Um, you know, we, we just appreciate <clears throat> you guys turning up each week and many, many people watch the videos um, later. Typically, we get 200 views um, to each video within a couple of weeks. So we just kind of see it as sowing the seed and letting Father do whatever he does with it. Um, so that's, that's, um, that's good. Um, just want to mention one or two things that are happening in the new year. Um, I'm particularly excited about this one. Um, I'm visiting North Wales in February and doing a day which Glynis is hosting. Um, at the Kinmel Bay Community Centre, Saturday the 17th of February, 10 o'clock in the morning till four o'clock-ish in the afternoon. Um, just really looking forward to seeing what Father's going to do in that area of the country. So if you're in the UK, if you, particularly if you're in North Wales or the north of England or even South Wales, you know, come and join us. <laughs> Um, and if you want to come for a bit of a longer, you know, if you're coming from a longer distance in the UK, you're, of course, very, very welcome. Um, so that's Saturday the 17th, which is going to be a great day. And then um, there's a number of other events that we've got coming up in the new year. Um, I'm doing a Going Deeper weekend in the Netherlands from the 12th to the 14th of January. So just a few weeks um, time. It's residential, it's filling up quickly. There are spaces. If you're in the Netherlands, if you're in Germany, Belgium, France, <clears throat> you're very welcome. Come and join us. Um, then of course, there's the day in North Wales I've already mentioned. Uh, I'm doing one of our week-long Father Heart encounters in Poland, um, which is the 3rd of March to the 9th of March. Um, that's a week-long residential, very nice hotel in Poland, uh, in a, by the lake, by a lake, um, halfway between Warsaw and Poznan. Um, it, uh, Wynette from the Netherlands will be um, with me doing the teaching, which will all be done in English and then translated into Polish. So if you, you don't have to speak Polish to come, I don't. Um, it, apart from one or two sessions, it will all be in English. And then Trevor and Linda are hosting a couple of events um, 
at Cloverly Hall in Shropshire, uh, which is a place we've used many times. They're doing a four-day Father Heart encounter, 24th of March to um, 28th of March, and then Friday the 29th of March to Monday the 1st of April, which is the Easter weekend. They're doing um, a family weekend. And if you want to go to both of those events at Cloverly, um, Cloverly have offered us a special rate for the night uh, in the middle and they're both been hosted by Trevor and Linda and for the family weekend they got John and Christine Nuttall um, coming to join them so that'd be great fun. Um, all of the information for all of these events, um, booking forms, contact details, everything like that, it's all on the fatherheart.uk website. And if you go to the homepage, you'll see that calendar and you can click on any one of those events and it opens up to give you more information, a link to the booking form, a link to contact detail, whatever. So um, have a look at all of those. Come and join us if you can. Um, you know, we just love seeing people and, you know, meeting people in the flesh. You know, this is a great format, but um, we love to actually be there on the ground, meet people and um, just enjoy coffee and tea and meals and walks, um, whatever, together. So those are some of the things we've got coming up in the, the first few months of next year. We'll mention them again when we're back together in January. I know we're kind of all preoccupied with Christmas, um, but, um, you know, have a look at the website, have a look at the information, see if you want to join us. And um, of course, you know, you're all very, very welcome. So um, this evening, um, I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about Emmanuel, God with us. Um, you know, obviously something we talk a lot about um, at this season of, of Christmas time. And that's a very valuable and important reminder for us that God is with us. And I just want to look at what, you know, what that means. It's obviously very familiar to, to all of us, I hope. But I want this just to be um, a reminder and an encourager. And I'm, I'm also aware that some people find Christmas difficult for a number of different reasons. And, you know, it can be challenging, but they might be on their own. They might be remembering people they've lost. Um, they might not have family around them might not be able to be with family um, and I just know you know Christmas can be a difficult time for a number of people and so you know if that's you my encouragement is just to be aware over this season that God is with us God is with you and whatever your circumstances are like whatever pressures or challenges you face you know, his presence is with you. His presence is with all of us. I want to start with Matthew's um, account in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. Um, this is just at the end of the, um, of the account that Matthew gives us of the angel appearing to Joseph. And Joseph 
um, has a dream because he, he's obviously a little bit worried that his girlfriend is, is pregnant and he doesn't kind of understand it and um, he's kind of wondering what's been going on and of course you know Mary's had the encounter with the angel and for her it's all you know been explained I mean she's still in shock and it's still a surprise and she's still overwhelmed but at least she's got some understanding and Joseph doesn't have any understanding he hasn't had that angelic encounter yet and um, you know he has a conversation with Mary and um, but then that night he has a dream and the angel appears to to Joseph and tells him that it's okay that this baby is the son of God and it's going to be all right and at the end of that account in verse 22 Matthew reminds us or of what the prophet Isaiah had prophesied 600 years before this event and just these two verses say all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us you know that's an astounding piece of news you know um, that this baby this 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 child that Mary is carrying is the son of God it is the person of God come down to the earth you know God with us you know Jesus is is the very form of God is the part of the Godhead and he becomes a man to be with us and actually the another meaning of this word Emmanuel it, it can all also mean tabernacle and it's like Jesus is tabernacle tabernacling with us you know he's he's set up his tent with us and he kind of invites us in to his tabernacle his holy place and he says hey you can be part of this too um but I, I was just reading some of these passages the other day and um just thinking about it and I thought actually although this is radical for Joseph and it's radical for Mary that God is going to be with them God is going to step into humanity you know and it, it's clearly radical it's clearly life-changing but I asked myself the question is is this new <laughs> yeah for Mary and Joseph it was new news but is in the whole purposes of God in in the in the, the theme of eternity you know was this really something new about God being with us you know of course because of the history and we know that between Malachi and Matthew there was 400 years and it was pretty much 400 years of silence and you know the Pharisees had grown up with all of their legalistic rules and regulations and the life had gone out of this relationship that people were supposed to have with God and so this announcement is is incredibly radical for the time and the season um, of Jesus's coming but in this in you know when we look at this in the context of eternity is this actually anything new and I don't think it is because you know we can we can look back through the Old Testament stories and 
we can see a very, very real sense of God being with his people. You know, that he was with them. He, he provided for his people when there was a famine and Joseph had already been sold as a slave into Egypt. And because of these, the seven years of plenty and then the seven years of famine, Joseph ends up as prime minister looking after it all, making sure it all happens and everything. And when the famine hits the Israelites, there's no food for them. And they hear there's food in Egypt and they come to Egypt and Joseph provides a place for them to live. You know, so God is looking after his people. You know, he provided for them in that famine. 400 years later, when um, another Pharaoh has grown up, the Israelites are now slaves. God provides a way for them to be set free. He sends Moses to lead them out of Egypt, lead them to the, um, to the, to the Red Sea, across the Red Sea, and then through the desert. Now, okay, they were rebelling, they were doing their own thing, and they spent 40 years doing something that could have taken a lot, lot less time. But during that time, God provided for his people. He was with his people in many, you know, many clear ways. They, they, even in their rebellion, in their independence, they had this sense that God was still for them. And when the rubber hit the road, you know, God, God, God was actually with them. He provided for them. He led them. Um, and so on you know it, at the end of the time in the desert when they went into the promised land with Joshua again a clear sense of God being with his people yeah, even the story of David and Goliath you know this little guy and this big guy and you know humanly speaking it looks impossible for David to win the battle but God is with him and he knows it, you know, when, when, when you hear him talking to, to, to King Saul and, and then he talks to Goliath, he knows that God is with him. You know, throughout all the Psalms, you get this real sense of God being with David and speaking to him and encouraging him. Yeah, if you read the stories of Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, you can clearly see God being with them. And even right at the end of the Old Testament, the, the book of Malachi, um, the prophetic declaration that there will be a day that the hearts of the children will be returned to the father. The hearts of the father will be returned to the children. See, there's, there's this sense of God being with his people. He hasn't abandoned them. Yeah, even, even in their rebellion, which was kind of a common theme for the Israelite nation. You know, if they did anything well, it was rebelling. You know, they were good at rebelling. They're always doing it. And yet we just hear time after time after time, you know, God says, I will be your God. And you will be my people. I will provide for you. I will look after you. You know, in Deuteronomy, uh, in the first chapter of Deuteronomy, Moses is telling the people of Israel their story 
of how they came out of the promised land and how God was faithful and how he led them through the desert, how he brought them to this place where they're just about to go to the promised land. And he says, you know, can't you see how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son? And just a couple of verses before that, you know, there they are. The people are rebelling. And in the midst of their rebellion, Moses says to them, can't you see that God's like a father, that he carries you, he carries you out of Egypt, he carries you through the desert, he's carried you all the way. Even when you're rebelling, he's carried you, he's been with you. And, you know, I guess even, even in their rebellion, they knew, deep down, they knew that God was with them. But I don't think that's everything that God wanted. See, I think there's a deeper longing in the heart of the Father. Because at the end of Genesis chapter 3, and we, we know it very well, we, we talk about it often on the webcast, but at the end of Genesis chapter 3, something changed. And it wasn't God. <laughs> you know, he's the Lord. He does not change. It's the same yesterday, today and forever. You know, what changed at the end of Genesis chapter 3 was the heart and the behaviour of mankind. And something of the intimacy and the oneness and the togetherness that we'd been created to enjoy was shattered because of sin and rebellion. And, you know, we know the story and we, we, we often talk about it, but, you know, that there was the sin that entered the human race, the rebellion, the pride, the independence that caused the separation. The separation wasn't caused by God. It was caused by man rebelling, choosing to go his own way, choosing to follow the pathway of Satan, choosing to follow the deception that Satan had lied and sowed into the heart of mankind. And that brought this separation where God says, you know, we, we have to drive them, we have to send them out of the garden so that they don't eat from the tree of life and live forever. Because if they had done, they would have lived forever in a fallen, broken state. And God the Father knew that was just too much for us to bear. And so he drove them out of the garden. He didn't change. His plan didn't change. You know, his plan has always been to have children, to have sons and daughters. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 that says, Before the creation of the world, we were predestined to receive the full rights of sonship. See, that's his plan. And at the end of Genesis chapter 3, his plan, his purpose didn't change. But he had to find another way of bringing that plan about. See, if we look back at the beginning of the story, what we clearly, clearly see there is Emmanuel, God with us. You know, we see Emmanuel... God the Father being with Adam. In Luke's Gospel, when Luke lists the genealogy, he goes all the way back and he, he 
concludes his genealogy with Adam, the son of God. You see, that's what we were made to be. We were created to be sons and daughters. And just, I just want to pick out a few verses from this, this story. And we see so clearly Emmanuel, God, the Father, being with his people. Genesis 2, verse 7, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, you can't get more intimate than that, can you? You can't get more, a greater sense of oneness than God the Father leaning over this pile of dirt in the ground and breathing his life. And Adam took on God's life. See, God with us. There it is, right at the beginning of our story, the beginning of our journey. You know, when God created us, he was right there with us. You know, the rest of creation, the animals, the birds, plants, trees, oceans, rivers, you know, God spoke a word, let there be, and there was. But when he made mankind, he was right there with that son, Adam, that he created. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The Lord God took the man, you know, God with us. There he was alongside Adam. This is before the fall. So, you know, before the fall, work was good. <laughs> you know, work was something for our benefit. And the father takes Adam and shows him this garden and says, son, this is, I want you to look after this. I made it for you, but I want you to steward it. I want you to care for it. But he was right there with him, Emmanuel. God with us. Genesis chapter 2 verse 19. The Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. See, it's like they go for a walk together round the garden. And God the Father says, hey, hey, Adam, hey, son, what's this? And Adam goes, yeah, that's a giraffe, you know, and goes all the way around. And I love the humour in this passage because um, before they go around the garden naming the animals, God the Father says to Adam, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. You know, you, you need a partner, you need a friend, you need a soulmate. And then they go on this walk around the garden and I kind of think it's like God's sense of humour. Let's go and see if anything I've already made fits the bill. Uh, because we read at the end of the story when when Adam has named all the animals, it says, you know, there was no helper. There was no one found. There was no 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 created being was suitable for Adam. And so God, the father, put Adam to sleep, took a rib out and made his wife. You see, there's you know, if, if that's 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 Emmanuel, that's God with us. 
You know, he took Adam round the garden. They had a conversation together. I think he had a bit of fun, you know, naming all those animals, you know. It's kind of, why have you called that an elephant? Well, you know, and, and all those sorts of things. And I'm sure it was, you know, it was just because they had a relationship. You know, it was a father-son. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. And this is just after they've eaten the fruit of that tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. And this time they don't run to meet him. They don't go and see how he's doing and see what's going on, see what the plan is. They go and hide because they're ashamed. They're full of fear. And so the barrier has come between them. But here's God the Father walking in the garden, looking, pursuing desiring relationship Emmanuel God with us see it's always been the father's plan to be Emmanuel to be with us it's what he's always wanted to do it's what he's always it's what it's, it's how he wanted this relationship to be you know Abba God the father with us you know, we, we read in, um, I think it's Exodus 33, the account of Moses. And he says, show me your glory. You know, and he has an encounter with God. You know, Emmanuel, God with him. But just before that encounter, you know, Moses is, is feeling frustrated. You know, he's got all these people to lead. You know, he's got a rebellious nation, one man leading a rebellious nation, you know, hard work. <laughs> and he's, he's frustrated, he's kind of exhausted, and he says to God, I think in a moment of exasperation, you know, yeah, okay, I'll do it, but who's going with me? And, you know, it's like, I can't do this on my own. Who's going to help me? And then he says, you know, teach me your ways and it's like you know okay maybe i need the rule book how is this going to work you know what's going to happen how do i do it how do i how do i lead these people and god doesn't answer those two cries of help you know he doesn't tell him who's going with him he doesn't give him the instructions he says moses my presence will go with you my presence will go with you and it's like when Moses hears that, he goes, oh, thank goodness. That's what I needed to hear. He says, if your presence doesn't go with us, then we ain't going anywhere. See, Emmanuel, God with us. It's always been the heart of the Father for us to live in and to experience his presence. But... You know, as we just read, something got lost. Something was shattered. That intimacy, togetherness, oneness was broken apart when Adam and his wife chose the pathway of independence, the pathway of sin, the pathway of rebellion. When they chose to follow the ruler of the power of the air and they stepped out of that environment of love 
and began to walk their own path. And that, that intimacy had gone. But the father's heart never changed. You know, he still provided for his people. He still led his people. He still, you know, when they got, when the, the tough got, when it got, go, when it was tough going, you know, he was there. But that intimacy, that unity, that, that desire in his heart was not, be able, was not able to be fulfilled because of the pride and independence and sin of mankind. And yet I was surprised when I was just looking at it yesterday. How many times in the Old Testament is that very, very well-known verse, you know, I will be your God and you will be my people. See, it's in Exodus, it's in Leviticus, it's in Deuteronomy, it's in 1 Chronicles, it's in Jeremiah, it's in Ezekiel, it's in the Psalms. You know, it's in, it's in many of the other prophetic books as well. It's, it's there because it's the desire of the Father's heart that's never changed. It's never been taken away. However much we rebel, that desire is always there. See, his desire, his longing towards us is the same. But our response is what changed. Because that closeness had been lost. And Isaiah comes, and in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, he says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And it's like God was saying, this is not how I want it to be. It's been spoiled. This is not my plan A, but one day I am going to restore plan A to mankind. I truly am going to be with my people once again. You know, Isaiah prophesied that in chapter 7 and in chapter 9, he tells us a little bit more about what this child is going to be like. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Yeah, the people didn't know that God had a son. And here's Isaiah saying, God's son is coming. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. You see, the zeal of the Lord, that's... that's you know, basically God's saying, this is my eternal desire to be Emmanuel and I am going to make it happen. <laughs> and I'm going to send my son. He's going to be born of a young virgin. But he is Emmanuel. He is the person coming from the Godhead, becoming a man, living amongst you and being God with you. He is going to show you what I'm really like. This child, this son, K 
came for one reason, to show us the Father and to make a way for us to rediscover the truth and the power of Emmanuel, God with us. When John is writing about this in his gospel, in chapter one of his, his, his gospel, chapter one, verse 18, he writes, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is in himself God and is in the closest relationship with the father he has made him known the son is god and he is in that close relationship he's he's the he's the model of perfection of of god with us <laughs> you know god is with him and he is with the father and they've got this beautiful intimacy this oneness you know how it was meant to be for us and john says this son is going to reveal this relationship. He's going to show you a father-son relationship. And the good news is you can be part of it. Just as Jesus experiences the father with him, so you can experience the father with you. Emmanuel. God is with us. At the end of Jesus' life, Jesus is praying to his father, John chapter 17. I mean, prayer is just another word for talking to God. Yeah? So here's Jesus at the end of his life talking to his father. And when you read John chapter 17, it, it kind of reads like Jesus is giving an account of his life. You know, he's, he's saying to the father, Father, you sent me to earth to do this job and I've, I've done it. And throughout the whole of John chapter 17, and I, I encourage you to read it, you know, slowly and ponder on it. Because, you know, in, in John chapter 17, Jesus shows us very, very clearly what he has come to do and what he has done. You know, and in, in verse six, he says, Father, I've revealed you. To those whom you gave me they were yours you gave them to me and they've obeyed your word you know i've revealed you what jesus is saying very very simply there is i have revealed the full nature the full personality and the full character of god the father i've shown them that you're a father i've shown them that you've always been a father I've shown them that you want to be a father to them, just as you have been a father to me, just as you are a father to me. And Jesus concludes that prayer by saying some pretty incredible things that are true, of course, but they're life for us. And if we really get hold of them with our heart. If we really see with the eyes of our heart what Jesus is saying, it, it, it changes everything. Because John 17, verse 24, Jesus says, Father, I want those you've given to me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, 
the glory that you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. That's Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus says, Father, I, I'm, I'm coming back to you. You know, yeah, I've got, I've got the pain and the agony and the suffering of the cross to go through, but you know, I'm coming home, I'm coming back to you. He says a few chapters earlier, Jesus, at the beginning of that supper, he welcomes his disciples into the house and he takes off his outer garment, wraps a towel around his waist and washes their feet. And it says in John chapter 13, Jesus knew where he'd come from and where he was going to. Yeah, he was so secure in his sonship that he could take that place of a servant and wash his disciples' feet. And, you know, he serves his disciples and he talks to them through that, that evening and he knows where he's going. And he says, Father, I want them to be with me where I'm going to be with you father i know i'm coming back to the bosom of the father i know i'm coming back to the side of the father i know that you know i'm coming you know back home i mean jesus every day that jesus was on earth he lived in the center of the father's presence right you know he knew the father was with him um he experienced the father's presence he heard his voice you know he just knew and that unity that they enjoyed before he came as a baby, that unity didn't change, right? It was, you know, they always had that unity. They always had that oneness. They always had that togetherness. But, you know, it's like Jesus saying, I'm coming home. And I want, I want these guys to be with me, to be with us. You know, John 14, verse 23, Jesus says, I'm going back to the Father and we will come and make our home with you. That's Emmanuel, God with us. See, Jesus promises that he's gonna make his home in our heart, and so is the Father, and so is the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, when I've gone, I'm gonna send another counselor, another comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you forever, and who will remind you of everything I've taught you. You see, our home becomes, our heart becomes a home of the Father, becomes a home of the Son, becomes a home of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's Emmanuel. That's God with us. You know, not only is he in us, we are in him. You know, if you, if you read John chapter 14, it gets quite confusing. You know, Jesus says, Father, I'm in you and you're in me and they're in me. And, you know, and it's like, Who's in who? But hey, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all in. You know, it's that intimacy, that togetherness, that, that oneness that Adam and his wife enjoyed before it all went so badly wrong that, that that Emmanuel, God with them, becomes something that we can receive, that we can live in, and that can become the hallmark of our new life in Christ. See, I, I, I kind of look at it a little bit like this, in, and I don't, you know, this is just my perception, but in the Old Testament, the 
people were aware that God provided for them, that he led them, that he fought battles for them. But, you know, I think they kind of viewed him um, a little bit like a president. You know, he was, the people viewed God a little bit like a presidential leader. It's not how God wanted to be viewed. You know, Jeremiah 3.19 says, I thought you would call me father. You know, that's always been his heart. That's always what he's wanted. But something was broken. Something was fractured. And I think, you know, my, my impression is that these people viewed God as, you know, just like the president. But that's not who God is. That's not the father that Jesus revealed. And what Jesus revealed was a relationship. He showed us, you know, he had that, you know, I, you know, I and the Father are one. You know, I only say what I hear the Father saying. I only do what I see the Father doing. You know, he, he lived his life and in, in that intimate relationship with the father and as people looked they could see a different way of living not the way of the pharisees or the sadducees not the way of the law and the rules and the regulations but a way of life jesus said i've come that you might have life and life in all its fullness you know, he said jesus said a couple of times john chapter 4 john chapter 7 you know come to me and have a drink <laughs> I'll give you living water and you'll never be thirsty again. He's talking about the state of our heart, that we will be satisfied when we find the life that he gives us. See, this is not a presidential leader. Jesus is showing us a father who wants to be a father to us, who wants us to live in sonship, to know that we're sons and daughters. Emmanuel, God with us. Just as Moses had that encounter with God and where, where he said, oh, if your presence doesn't come, then we ain't going anywhere. You know, we've got that promise, not only of his presence with us, not only of Emmanuel God with us, but that we are actually in him, that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, that we become carriers of the Father's presence simply because he's made his home in our heart and our home is in his heart. You know, sometimes the New Testament writers, they quoted from the Old, the Old Testament, well, what they would have known as the scriptures because the New Testament was still being written. But, you know, quite often you, you, you see, I mean, Jesus does it, Paul does it. Um, the writer to the Hebrews does it quite a lot. Peter does it. You know, they all do it. They quote from the from their scriptures, what we, what we call the Old Testament. But quite often they misquote. And um, Jesus did it when he quoted the passage from Isaiah 61. You know, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to bring good news. He doesn't actually get the words exactly the same as Isaiah wrote them down. And Paul does it. And I've already mentioned that verse that uh, is, 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 is mentioned many, many times in the Old Testament. I will be your God and you will be my people. And Paul quotes that in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, but he doesn't quote it exactly the same as you, 
the way it's written in the Old Testament. What he says, he says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And you see, in a sense, you know, he's changed it. He's changed the whole meaning of it. He's changed the whole context of it. And, you know, you can ask yourself, is that valid? Well, yes, it is valid. It's absolutely valid because what Paul is 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 recognizing he's not he's not misquoting it he's not getting it wrong he is he is redefining the new relationship that we have that we now have with God as a father because of what Jesus has done so he's saying under the new covenant yeah I will be your God and you will be my people. But under the new covenant, it goes further. I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. See, that's the... That's the... Um, to me, that's the full expression of what it means for us to know Emmanuel. God with us. The fullness of that revelation is if God is with us, he's with us as a father. And he is being a father to us. And we are living as sons and daughters. And so the new relationship that we have with God it's not based on rules and regulations. It's not based on keeping the law, but it's based on coming to him through Jesus and allowing him to be a father to us. It's us knowing that we are loved in the same way as Jesus is loved. See, Jesus lived his whole life knowing what Emmanuel really meant. The, God the Father was with him and he the Son was with the Father. And he says, I want you to experience the same. You know, Emmanuel, God with us, is simply knowing that God is being a father to us and that we are his sons and daughters. And that promise is backed up by all of the authority of heaven, says the Lord Almighty. And so this Christmas, this Christmas time, we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. But let's really take time to see what that really means. That God has come down to his people to be a father, just as he was with Adam way back in the garden that the Emmanuel God with us, that the Adam experience, we experience in a greater way because we are in Christ. And if this season is a challenge or a difficult time for anyone, can I just encourage you to live in the fullness of that promise that God the Father is with you. And just as we, we wrap up, um, I'd just like to pray for a couple of minutes. 
and just ask the Father to pour his presence into us, into our hearts, that we would experience him loving us right now, that we would know that he's being a father to us, that we would understand the depths of Emmanuel, God with us, the life of Emmanuel, God with us, the security of Emmanuel, God with us, the peace of Emmanuel, God with us, the joy of Emmanuel, God with us. So Father, we thank you that you have come down to us, that you are with us, that you came in the person of Jesus to live amongst us and to show us what a relationship with you could be like. And Jesus became the way for us to come home to you. And Jesus told us that it's all about drinking and receiving and living in life, a life that will change us radically. <laughs> Father, may that life flow into our hearts right now. May each one of us have a sense of God being with us, not as a presidential leader, but as a father who's promised to be with us, to walk with us, a father who never changes, a father who loves us unconditionally and pours that love into our heart every moment of every day. Father, may we just experience God with us, May we experience that new covenant. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Thank you, Father, for your presence. May we be like Moses. May we say, if your presence doesn't go, then we ain't going anywhere. Thank you, Father, for the joy, the security, the life, that flows from your presence. May we all experience Emmanuel, God with us. Amen, thank you. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, that's it for 2023. Have a great Christmas, everybody. Have a good new year. Look forward to seeing you 2024, 17th of January. And just enjoy the Father being with you, the Son being with you, the Holy Spirit being with you. May you experience his presence in a greater and deeper way. Thank you for being with me. And as I say, see you on the 17th of January. Bless you. Bye.